tendencies. <laughs> We're nerds. Uh, yes, uh, very adequately nerdy. Uh, I'm Gabby. I'm Kim. And we're super stoked to get this party started of ghoulish tendencies. Welcome to our first official episode. One. But, but, what? But, 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 you know, if you've heard anything about a ghost stories podcast, this is not our first rodeo. Oh, this, it is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> we've done um, 13 solid episodes of a ghost stories talking about, you know, different hauntings or stories of the history of seattle washington pacific northwest pacific northwest yeah we got some aberdeen in there i remember that yeah 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 <laughs> and we have some um stories about our, our ghost hunting group a ghost which is why our podcast is called a ghost stories um but we wanted to reshift and refocus our new podcast ghoulish tendencies on things that are more worldly maybe things that talk about lore and stories we've heard and mm -hmm. things that are trickled down the grapevine of haunted spooky tales or mm -hmm. you know true crime that is really bonkers that maybe you haven't heard about or some you have but you get a whole new perspective on and honestly like kim's number one thing in life is to find all the <laughs> new perspectives on true crime so uh, which i will try to be good about <laughs> she's gonna be great about it so we already have some awesome stuff lined up for you guys um we have a instagram that you should check out if you haven't started following us already it's called ghoulish tendencies podcast on instagram our website is www.ghoulishtendencies.com Powered by Jake Ghost Daddy Rice. <laughs> Shout out to Ghost Daddy. Ghost Daddy. Uh, but we're going to get this party started. And we're going to talk about an experience that I learned about when I went to New Orleans in the beginning of October. Coolest trip in my entire life. Um, I did literally all the haunted spooky things. Mm -hmm. And... It was the type of vacation where you do 75 things in one day for seven days. And so I did a lot. <laughs> I but, love vacations like that. <laughs> oh, it was great. I needed a vacation from my vacation. Um, your vacation. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And for those of you that have been to New Orleans, you just understand that there is some kind of superstitious vibe that that city has because it's so old. Um, it's one of the oldest cities in the entire U.S., but a lot of people always talk about all the old stories and the haunted stories. And basically every like block you go has some kind of history of something having to do with the 1700s, 1800s, what have you. Um, and we'll get into some of those stories in the next upcoming episodes. But I wanted to kind of kick off the first episode with the Rampart Street murders. And so this is going to be an episode that has a little bit of true crime it's going to have a little bit of haunted experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to talk about the ghost tour slash quote unquote investigation. I'm doing air quotes uh, that I went on <laughs> with my boyfriend when we were in New Orleans. That was actually in the location of the Rampart Street murder house right. um so i'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about the story kim doesn't even know anything about it so i feel very no. special to like, i know i felt i kept myself in the dark i know it's great i literally kim's always the one telling me 
all the true crime stories. <laughs> um, and I'm going, wow, no way. Really? Get out of here. <laughs> it's uh, my turn. No, the tables have turned. Yeah. So let's talk about it, shall we? Let's. All right. So this story revolves around Zach Bowen and uh -huh. Addie Hall. And fun fact, I actually used to work with someone who went to high school with Zach Bowen in Southern California. So he's yeah, that's actually so weird. Isn't that's that nuts? so weird. He's from uh, not far from where I'm from, which I'm from like the Valley of L.A., um, even though I'm in Seattle now. But <laughs> it's a very small world. Um, I mean, you and half of Seattle at this point. <laughs> right. I don't think half of Seattle is from the Valley of L.A., a lot are from California. Oh, whatever. You're just you're just moody that the Californians found the the moody weather. <laughs> anyway, it's I'm moody because you're taking over. That's true. <laughs> Actually, it's not my fault. I'm not a tech person. But that's anyway, true. I digress. Um, <laughs> anywho, Zach Bowen on an Addy Hall. So uh -huh. this crime goes back to 2006. So this is actually a very recent. recent recent crime um and wow. for those of you that don't know new orleans is kind of a lawless city um a lot of stuff happens there i kind of found this out when i was visiting was that you have to be so careful about where you are and how easily accessible your things are like you need to have your hands on all of your items all the time mm -hmm. because people get robbed at gunpoint right. um Oof. there's a lot of different awful crimes that happen to people that don't get reported um the city is just not that great at like being on top of their crime it's a very high rate high crime rate city so um always stay in groups if you're in the french <laughs> quarter be around the the loud areas don't go off on a side street by yourself you know just... i mean i think that's good advice anytime you're in a new unfamiliar location to not go wandering on side streets by yourself especially For at sure. night yeah <laughs> but i think some people think they're like not going to get affected and they're going to be mm. okay. And I feel like New Orleans is a city where no one is safe in that sense. Like regardless right, of being right, right. like, uh, you know, a local or a tourist, but it's right. crazy because New Orleans also doesn't have any laws about, um, open beverages, like alcoholic beverages on the streets. So like right. you can walk around with alcohol any time of day places are open past 2 a.m. You know what I mean? Like people are right. like, very intoxicated all the time and that's, that makes you a target. Right. So anyway, lots of crime is the point. So uh, New Orleans is a great place to talk about true crime. Um, <laughs> and this is a, a topic where it's actually a, a very sad story. Um, Zach Bowen was uh, someone who was in the army and had some pretty severe PTSD. Um, Addie Hall, worked at um she's a bartender so she mm. actually worked at the spotted cat which is a jazz bar that i actually went to when i was there and didn't even realize that she worked there until i was researching this um oh. and i've uh, my boyfriend and i went there to check out the jazz one of the nights that we were there so she was mm. a bartender there and she and zach fell in love uh during the devastation of hurricane katrina and mm. they both kind of bonded over it. Right. They got a lot of publicity because they were kind of crazy during the time of recovery. So they both would uh, were known to make like amazing cocktails for the people of New Orleans while the storm was happening, which I Ooh. think is funny. Um, huh. And 
I, I think that helped bond them. She actually was known to have flashed police officers, <laughs> which <laughs> I thought was funny. Uh, but she, awesome. she was a wild and crazy type person, a fun loving person. I think they both had some um, issues mentally uh, mm-hmm. in the sense of PTSD that Zach may have had and was self-medicating. Um, she also it's. I heard, I don't know if this is validated or not, that she right. had like bipolar disorder. Um, mm. And there were a couple different issues where, you know, drug abuse or alcohol mm-hmm. abuse was involved. Um, and that's pretty common in that type of environment as well. Right. Right. So um, after Hurricane Katrina, um, they moved into 826 North Rampart Street, which is right on the outskirts of the French Quarter. Um, and it's a smaller building. It's got, I think, four units and it was the upstairs unit. So if you're standing on the street, looking at the building, it would be the upstairs unit on the right hand side. And it's still there. The building. Yep. I went inside of it. It is there. Wow. Um, and below their apartment was a voodoo spiritual temple. Um, which that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> there's a lot of them everywhere within that area. Voodoo's kind of a big thing, but it's not like right. a negative type presence. It's considered right. a very like, it's like a, a form of religion that slaves were able to um, identify with when they were going through hardships, and mm-hmm. it evolved. Obviously, there's like the whole mythological aspect of it that's put on TV and kind of wild and crazy and killing babies and all that nut stuff, but it's not right, always right. like that. Sensationalized. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> always um, happy. Appreciate you. Oh, mm-hmm. right. So anywho, that was downstairs from them. And okay. they both were bartenders in the French Quarter, hence the drinks during the hurricane. Um, right. But after they moved in, they would get into some pretty terrible fights. There were some rumors that... Um, Zach was cheating on Addie and she was frustrated Mm -hmm. and wanted to leave him and they just were not getting along very well. I think there may have been some drunken fights that were a little bit on the violent side. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think she got to a point where she didn't want to put up with it anymore um, and had re-signed her lease, but didn't have his name on it. So it it was her way of saying, like, you're done. I'm kicking you out. Yeah. Um, So sometime around that time, we don't really know exactly what the date was, um, Mm -hmm. but only weeks after moving into their new home, because that lease was new, but she altered it. Zach had actually committed suicide and he jumped off the roof of the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel. And he had done it after he had been out drinking with his friends at the bar, the rooftop bar there. And he Mm -hmm. had spent a ton of money, like at least a couple grand on like drugs and alcohol for all of his Mm. friends and for himself. And I guess he went missing and his friends couldn't find him. And those friends Mm. thought that like he left and went to another bar or something. So they all left, but he had found himself somewhere on the roof and shortly thereafter jumped. Um, When he was recovered, the police found a note in his pocket um, that admitted fault to the murder of Addie. And Addie was chopped up. Mm. She 
in like all different pieces. So basically the way that he left her before he went to this bar to commit suicide was he had cut off her legs and arms mm-hmm. and put them in the oven and baked them. Oh, yeah. It's There's like a lot of different articles that say he may have been preparing them to be eaten and i was, was gonna, gonna say did, was there her? was there any evidence that that she had been cannibalized no there was evidence that she was poked at like with a fork oh. it could have been that like <laughs> this is horrible to say but like you know when you're cooking something and you stick a fork in it you're trying to see, trying to see if it's done oh i don't that's know just if that appalling. was like i know i don't think i don't know like you can think maybe that was the case maybe it wasn't but that's well why else would you be I don't know. Clearly, he was not level-headed. So, you know, I can't explain someone's actions when they're choosing to murder their girlfriend and put them in the oven. Right. Um, So, anyway, her hands and her feet were also cut off. So, it was just the stumps of her arms and legs that were in the oven. So, her hands and her feet were in a pot on the stove above the oven. And her head was sitting in a different pot on the same stove. Where is her torso, you ask? Well, I was wondering that, yeah, actually. Immediately to the right of the the (gasps) oven, and I can say this because I was in that kitchen and I saw the oven and I saw the fridge, is the refrigerator. And her torso was in the refrigerator. And so she was left in there, unfortunately, and in that manner. Um, But Zach had the note in his pocket that actually admitted that he had done that and i have part of the note here to read to you and Mm -hmm. it says this is not accidental i had to take my own life to pay for the one i took if you send a patrol car to 826 north rampart you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend Addie in the oven on the stove and in the fridge and a full signed confession from myself zach bowen wow and I think the letter was longer. This is just part of it. This is um, what they was released. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously then the police went to the apartment and it was a blood soaked crime scene. It was pretty brutal. Um, they The investigators concluded that um, Zach was pissed when Addie signed the lease without his name on it. And that may have caused him to flip out. Uh, even though she had perfectly valid reason for doing that because he was cheating on her and she didn't want to continue to live with him yeah but clearly unstable right um so apparently he strangled her during Mm. the argument and that's how she ultimately died was by strangulation Mm -hmm. and that they spent the next or he spent the next few days basically dismembering her with the intention that it looks like to cook and eat the remains but um so there were autopsy reports that mm-hmm. show that everything was intact, so nothing was fully eaten. But like I said, it looked like she was poked at. So, was there? Uh, do we know the time between when she was murdered and when he ultimately committed suicide? No, okay. that's that's ambiguous as far right. as timing because it just the only thing that I know is it says a few days that she okay. was killed, and then it took him a few days to like deal with her body um there's also- which is hard to i mean if 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 he was cooking the body i could understand why it would make it harder to determine an exact time of death right well because but only part of it was cooked only the arms and legs okay so the rest of the body was not 
Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure there was I probably a time of death. Whatever is published, I don't have access to that. Right. So I, I can just tell you what I found when I researched it. Right. Um, but what's even crazier is that on the wall of the apartment, um, Zach in, like took spray paint and painted his um, ex-wife. So he had a, well, I think he was actually still mm. married. He may have either oh. been married or like separated at this point. Um, okay. But he painted his, that wife's phone number on the wall and said that he loved her and that he was a fuck up. Oh, jeez. Um, well, I'll, I mean, left, I, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, at least he's admitting it, right? right. Um, but he left her phone number so that I think this is also extra fucked up. Like that the police would contact her like she's mm. now involved in this. Right. Because her phone number is painted on the wall. In so the she same gets pulled into it. Yeah. As this dead body. So Jeez. like she had to be contacted to find out that Zach is now dead. Um, mm. which is pretty just nuts. Um, there's also evidence that she, when I say she, Addie was, um, dismembered in the bathtub, mm. which I mean, thinking back to sense, yeah, I guess. Linda Hazard. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I mean, you've got to drain, so it, it's cleaner that way, I yeah. guess. Um, easier to clean out too. Yeah. So it's contained. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, that's where she was dismembered it's kind of um a pretty messed up situation well because the the cooking is a whole other level to it because if if there's multiple cases or i mean daily of of a partner killing the other partner be it a a boyfriend girlfriend spouse whatever and even killing themselves after murder suicides and these sorts of situations are very common. What is not common is to cook them. Right. I mean, unless Be you're really, really messed up, but, but that's um, what I mean. Like, how do you get to that point? Do you know, how do you go from, uh, whatever rage brings you to, to killing somebody to, I'm going to cook them. Yeah, I find that I find that uh, that leap to be uh, <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah, pretty nuts. <laughs> well, OK, so think about it, though. So this location and this story, it's funny because I remember when I was in New Orleans, I had I known about this because, you know, we like to look up haunted things all the time in general um there's lots of stupid ghost shows out there that kim and i always just roll our eyes at jake is known for watching oh, all yeah. of them and giving a full report so if you ever mm -hmm. want to know about any kind of like shitty ghost show and uh someone's legit opinion on them go to ghostlyactivities.com <laughs> and check out jake's stuff but one of the i don't remember which show it was that had um, I think there might have been a couple where people had gone to this particular location and mm. spoken to a person named Bloody Mary. And she is a um, not not the one that I'm thinking of. Not right? The not the one the historical that you say one. three times in the mirror and she shows right. up. No, this is like she's actually considered um, a voodoo priestess in oh, New Orleans. Okay. She's a real person. She's blonde. She's. Um, been on ghost adventures a couple okay. of times. Um, they had her on 
for a couple different episodes in the New Orleans area. One of them, in one of the episodes of um, Ghost Adventures, they actually go to her house, which is in New Orleans, and it oh. has a voodoo temple in it. And okay, I'm so excited to tell you that I actually went there. Um, because so, but check it out. I got to pump the brakes. Rewind. Reverse. Okay. So Reverse. Bloody Full Mary stop. has done um, different types of paranormal investigations in that building in the past. Okay. But she also has made a lot of money doing paranormal things like ghost tours like tours in new orleans in general are a huge money maker because of the culture right. and the history and whatever you want to learn about you've got some kind of tour to show it to you but mm -hmm. um mary or mary mary bloody bloody mary <laughs> actually has her own um tour company now that she created and oh. is profiting off doing ghost tours now and okay. she Actually, I believe purchased the building that um, the Rampart Street murders, that actual Rampart Street 826 Rampart, where that oh, building is. Okay. She now has either, either, either is renting it or is owning it. So she, she works in it. She has access to that. Okay. Um, I don't know details of like who physically owns it, but I know that she's she's got a shop there. So right. where the voodoo shop was or the voodoo temple was previously is just a room that's kind of like a, a haunted museum type room. So it's got all okay. kinds of like haunted dolls. It's very much like the of course haunted there's museum. Haunted dolls. There's always haunted dolls. Go to <laughs> go to Kim's apartment. She's got a haunted doll that likes to watch that's TV true. in the middle of the night. She does. It's um, <laughs> totally true. Um, but anyway, this place has lots of tchotchkes and like creepy looking things in that room. And behind it, they have a seance room. Um, and to the left of that is the Bloody Mary's um, shop. So she has a actual gift shop type place uh, where you can buy all kinds of, um, you can make voodoo dolls. You can mm. um, buy all kinds of candles, any kind of jewelry, <laughs> crystals. I was going crazy when I walked in there. They had all kinds of stuff. I had to use a lot of self-control to not buy anything. <laughs> um, but that's where they start their ghost tours from generally. Oh, wow. And so, when we made our plans for new orleans uh -huh. of course i had to find the ghost tour that also does the ghost investigation because well, naturally duh you and i are in a ghost <laughs> hunting group we uh know the tips and tricks of ghost hunting uh -huh. guess who doesn't know the tips and tricks of ghost hunting? <gasps> is it is it bloody mary i think it might be the people <laughs> that run it um, um. i don't want to like throw anybody under the bus here that's not oh, my right, intention right, right. whatsoever but i don't think that they ever predict that the people that will be signing up for their um ghost investigation ghost tour are right. people that are actually investigators themselves so i will say right. that okay so there were four other people in our group um in addition to myself and my boyfriend mm -hmm. and the lady that was doing the tour who will remain nameless it was not bloody mary um let's say her name is Stella. Her name Stella. for the sake of this story is Stella. All right. That's not Stella. her real name, but we're just going to call her Stella. I'm going to keep calling her Stella. Stella! Oh no. What did you started we start? Something. I you, know. You started it. You started it, Gabby. Damn it, Kim. Stella! Stella! All right. So much fun. I know. Okay. Anyway, so the reason why I bring this up is because 
I didn't realize that Bloody Mary's tour started at the Rampart Street Murder House. I had heard about the Rampart Street Murder House in the past, but I didn't put two and two together until we physically saw the address and went there. And then when we got there, I was like, oh, shit, this is the Rampart Street Murder House. I wonder if we're going to be going into that apartment. Mm. Right. So, Mm -hmm. okay. The tour was literally a three-hour, a three-hour tour. Sorry, I had to. Um, it was Stella. Stella. It was a, a. I think we started at like seven. No, it was actually four hours. I think it was long. Oh, Lord. I know, long but and it was expensive too, and that's why I was like, "This better be good," is because we're paying good money for this, and so. You figure if you're going to be going on a ghost uh, investigation, they also had taken us in a car and like a van bus thing to -hmm. drive around to different locations, which I love ghost tours that are like that because it really it gives you exposure to like a wider variety of places. Um, And they did that, which was cool. But let's talk about the investigation because the investigation started first and. Because I knew where we were, I knew the history of the location. I knew the story that I just told you. Okay. Mm -hmm. No one else in our group except the tour guide knew that story. But Mm. I knew it. Right. So, of course, I show up for this ghost tour with my EMF detector, Mm -hmm. with my thermal camera, my FLIR, and an audio recorder. So I bring all my tchotchkes. And (laughs) when we get there, Stella is giving away all these different tchotchkes to use for everybody in the group because Mm -hmm. again assuming that no one is in a ghost hunting group right and she what are those rods called i'm blanking on them it's oh the the the, um i was calling the diving rods because i'm an asshole Uh. (laughs) okay but the point is is that there there there's like metal rods that are supposed to guide you in the direction of either yes or no or pull you in a direction to walk you in a certain direction right um, by either intersecting dowsing rods is that what they're called yeah i know that's why i yeah. like calling them diving rods because i'm oh, an asshole that's fine i think it's funny because it's like you're diving Woo. that's true um but they're not always considered a reliable source i think for um and by not always you mean always <laughs> okay so kim will you elaborate on that please well i mean it it comes uh, it, it's it's up there with like spirit boxes um who am i to say that they have never been successful however when you are relying on a piece of equipment that is in someone's hands and is uh not controlled because you can't control what you may be doing either subconsciously or consciously and saying i am being led in this direction i am being told this answer uh it it can't be considered in my opinion a legitimate thing to use in an investigation well, personally I think it's, it's it's very similar to like using a pendulum right yeah so like I or have a, a pendulum ouija board or a ouija board <laughs> which we'll probably have a completely separate episode about ouija boards and like the history of ouija boards oh and they're, why they're, they're fascinating like, but I, we will we will do that i promise you yeah. guys we'll have an episode on that at some point in time so we're it not actually is exceptionally path. interesting but oh, for sure. uh yeah but they're not they're not something in my that I know investigators who use them, um, but none that use them in a way where they use it as legitimate evidence. They use them as a tool, mostly if they're trying to to get an answer from somebody. But it's it's yeah, not it's, it's so, not scientific. 
No, it's not. And like, let's not go down that path right now because I don't want to talk for like 20 minutes about something <laughs> that we're not going <laughs> to. We'll do a separate episode on that. That's but episode. but yes. I just wanted to say we and had I'm sure those... Ghost Daddy has a lot to say oh, about he it. He sure does. And he will absolutely be on that episode. Um, so we had the dousing rods. There was this <laughs> other device that I am blanking on the name of, but it looked like a, a Y, a capital Y. And it had this weird plastic handheld situation that looked like it was a mold i didn't end up using any of the stuff that they provided because i had my own but they also provided an emf detector i was the only one with a thermal camera um and as you know as people that are in an investigative group Mm -hmm. um you have to have a controlled environment in order to say whether or not something is paranormal if you think that you have some kind of evidence right so I will tell you the energy in this place was through the roof. I am very physically sensitive to energies. Mm -hmm. Um, I could have also just been very excited because I was absolutely excited. But also there were like different types of voodoo uh, displays and um, not temples. What am I talking about? Like a altar voodoo like altars. Altar. Uh-huh. Okay. there were a ton of different ones throughout the entire place when we were walking through in, in hallways there were uh, things written on the floor it was everywhere hmm. okay so we had to go through the front entrance of the store into the okay. hallway where the restroom is and as we passed the front desk of the store going mm-hmm. into the hallway to then go outside, make a U-turn, and then go upstairs to the Rampart apartment that um, is where Addie and Zach lived. Mm-hmm. As I passed the countertop, I turned around to look for my boyfriend for a second, and I saw a post-it behind the counter. Okay. And it said, don't forget to play the EVP. <laughs> I swear to God. Okay? So as paranormal investigators i'm just gonna explain Uh something Mm -hmm. for those of you that are not familiar and are new listeners to us um Mm. evps are electro well words they're Mm. electromagnetic electronic voice phenomena (laughs) electronic voice phenomenon i can't talk it's fine okay words Um, are hard words are very hard so that means that it's not something that you can usually hear very easily and generally speaking, when you record something and you have an audio recorder, you need to listen to it with yeah. headphones on. With There's different turned. classes of them, too. Yeah. And like some of them are easy to hear. You can hear them with your own ears. Sometimes right. you can't hear them with your own ears and you can only hear them with headphones on a recorded device. Right. So mm-hmm. you have to generally listen to something for a while and listen to it maybe multiple times. Um, and to try to even hear anything. And it's very hard to usually hear and you have to really listen for it. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just will leave that little information with you and then take you through the journey of the investigation. So anyway, Mm -hmm. there's that, that happened. We then go into the room that has the, was where the voodoo um, spiritual temple used to be, but is now Mm -hmm. where all the tchotchkes are. Um, They had a huge TV there that had video cameras of the upstairs apartment, which is where Zach and Addie used to live. Okay, so they had video cameras on each room. They had one in the kitchen. They had one in the living room and they had one in the bedroom. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I think they might have had one in the stairwell. I don't remember exactly. Okay, but it was all in night vision. So all the lights were off upstairs, but you could still see. Right. Um, And I asked 
when we went when we were going upstairs when she was giving us all of our equipment i was like are you guys going to turn off the uh electricity in the apartment mm-hmm. because as you know if you're trying to gauge any kind of emf um, right electromagnetic field spectrum like you don't want to have anything else interfering with it because if it mm-hmm. interferes then it's no longer paranormal right and she says no we can't turn off the power because if we did we wouldn't be able to see our videos our cameras i mean i respectfully disagree but okay <laughs> so i same but for the sake of not ruining this ghost hunt for all the people involved i kept my mouth right. shut of course of course i was texting you the whole time kim i i i recall this <laughs> i had a group text going with kim and jake like this is fucking ridiculous <laughs> i was telling them everything that was happening um so we go upstairs we get to that that apartment where zach and Addie lived where Addie was murdered Um, and where her body was left the same oven is still there the same refrigerator is still there um the same bathroom and bathtub is still there so think about whatever kind of residual energy that may still be in an apartment where someone was murdered viciously like that and dismembered like that that energy is all absolutely there i felt it it's there it's i'm not saying it's not um i will tell you that in order for us to have an investigation going on with seven right. different people involved in a small one-bedroom apartment that literally only has a kitchen, a small living room, and a tiny bedroom, mm-hmm. everything you you hear everything in every single room, even if you right. close a door. So everything there's, is there's no way you wouldn't, yeah. Right. So there's no point of even doing any kind of audio recording or EVP. Right. Right. Because anything that you hear is going to be from somebody else talking in another room. Right. So I didn't even use my my audio recorder. I just kept it in okay. my pocket and I didn't use it. I did use my EMF. I did get some things um, on the stove, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. But also mm-hmm. you could debunk with electricity. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't take it into consideration. Okay. The other thing that I did was um, my boyfriend had the, the rods because he just wanted to play with them. And I was like, have fun. <laughs> you do you. Um, I had the thermal and the EMF. And we go into the room that has, um, is the bedroom and it had a million fucking dolls in it. So many dolls. And I'm thinking, why, (laughs) why are there 75 dolls in this room? They're all super creepy looking. There's even like a little door that looks like a tiny attic door in the corner. And there's like a whole bunch of dolls sitting next to it. So for the sake of looking (laughs) creepy, goal achieved, (laughs) like fully creepy looking in that room. And so we're in there, but also it's pitch black and we're trying mm-hmm. to like walk around and not walk into a damn doll because there's so many dolls in there. And there was mm-hmm. a little vanity in that room. Mm-hmm. So there was a boo buddy, which is one of those bears that uh, detects temperature. So if it gets cold around the bear, it'll say, oh, it's getting chilly. But it's not a ghost saying Ooh, it's getting chilly. It's the bear. Right. It's the bear. Um, uh, if something is touching it, that's paranormal will say oh thank you for, like give me a hug um uh, mm-hmm. but it's again not a demon <laughs> it's the bear um, well it's meant to be a trigger object too exactly for, uh, used a lot with like if you've got a kid spirit which would make you think if there's a boo buddy in that room and there's a ton of dolls it makes you think there's like that's a kid's room right which i only knew the history of 
Addie and Zach, which is recent. So I didn't know the history of anything before that. And to be honest, I don't know any documented history of who physically lived there. So I'm not going to say this was a house where a bunch of children died because I don't know that. Um, <laughs> right. That's fair. Um, but it, it kind of seems like it if you're doing a ghost hunt in a room full of kids and a boo buddy. So or <laughs> room full of like dolls, not kids. Sorry. Right. A room full of kids. So anyway, um, I put down my EMF detector on the vanity. At first, there was a phone next to it. And I was like, oh, we should probably move that phone. Um, and then we moved the phone. And then I had my, my thermal camera. And I'm facing my thermal camera to the EMF uh, and the Boo Buddy so that I can see it. So I can film it and also get a thermal picture at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I did ask a few questions. And then I started directing my questions to Addie. Because I asked, are you male? Are you female? And nothing male was lighting up. Female started to light up in response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I asked, is this Addie? And it lit up all the way to green or to red, like all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I also noticed that on the thermal camera, I kept seeing a black spot pop up in the peripheral right side of where the frame was um, next to the boo buddy. And it happened like four or five times, but it was Mm -hmm. just like a spot. It wasn't like a shape of a person or anything like that, but I couldn't debunk it. It didn't have a heat signature to it. It wasn't an animal. There were no people in that room when that was happening, walking by. Right. Right. So I I do think we caught something there. Um, I can't say for sure, as we say, you know, (laughs) you never know. You never know. I thought it was kind of weird, though. And we did ask a lot of questions. I fully freaked out the couple that was with us. And like they they were pretty cool, though. They like hung out with us later. And um, I kind of explained some stuff to them. And I asked them if they wanted to ask some questions. They're like, no, you're doing good. Keep going. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. Terrence is just sitting there like filming. And um, we end up going downstairs afterwards. And Mm -hmm. Stella decides to play us an EVP. She remembered. She Yay, remembered. Good for her. You know what the EVP sounded like? What did it sound like? A clear child saying, hi, I'm Michael. Was it the boo buddy? <laughs> no, it sounded like a person. <laughs> it didn't even sound like anyone whispering. And Hi, I'm Michael. Just like that. Hi, I'm Chucky. Basically. Might as well have been. <laughs> and um, I want to be your friend. But it was very much like, hey, I got an EVP while you guys were up here. You want to hear it? Here it is. Hi, I'm Michael. Wow. Check that out. That's so cool. And I look at Terrence and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I think that's when I blew you guys up and was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This yep. is this is ridiculous. <laughs> OK, so anyway, moral of the story here is that I do believe that that place is haunted. I think there are. I think Addie probably is there. If she, if that happened to you and you were like dismembered and had a horrible death, you would probably have unfinished business and hang out in that space too. I don't think Zach is there. I think, you know, maybe he is. I don't know. I can't, I can't prove anything, but um, Stella said that there were spirits of children there. And another person Hmm. in the group said that they saw a doll move in the room, which I don't believe, but whatever. Um, there are spirits of children maybe it was a household in the past which it's a really old house so it probably had a lot of different families living in it so it wouldn't surprise me if maybe a kid died of some disease in the 1800s like that was very common um it was just very interesting though to 
I wanted so badly. I was in this place that had like legit energy that mm-hmm. had a legit crime recently. Right. And had so much opportunity for evidence. 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 But then freaking Stella had to have her stupid fake EVP and literally like didn't even let anybody really talk about evidence that they found afterwards. And I just kind of like rolled my eyes and I was like, this is bullshit. This is like something that someone put together to make a couple dollars off people that know nothing about ghost hunting to make them feel like they got something because you're in a legit location. Like that's, that's essentially what that was. Yeah. But the best part of the ghost tour (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but wait there's, there's more. more so for those of you that haven't listened to um a ghost stories kim and i and jake are all very passionate about orbs <laughs> um kim would you like to explain how you feel about orbs and why you feel that way about orbs um i feel that the vast majority of orbs could be taken care of with a can of pledge <laughs> Or a can of Raid. <laughs> so, okay. What you mean that, by that I is that feel. usually it's a bug or a reflection of something dirty. It's it's a bug. It's dust is a really common thing. Um, even, like, water particles in the air can, can reflect, especially if people are using the flash on the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then light flares, right? Yep. From, like, other yep. lights in a room. Like, actually, it's so interesting because... I'm just going to use this as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you just posted pictures recently to our right. a, a ghost group. Um, Kim just recently was in a, the basement of a really old building in Seattle called. It's part of our tour, actually. Yeah, yeah the J and M Cafe. Do you want to talk about it for a second? Uh, the J and M Cafe and Card Room. It uh, is was built right after the Great Seattle Fire, and it has an underground section that we go on. Uh, on our bonus tour, we go into it and it's been exceptionally active lately. Uh, it closed down a couple weeks ago because of some financial problems. And so we had on uh, Friday night during one of the tours, somebody had taken a, a series of photos where there is a kind of strange green orb. And I am a hardcore orb skeptic, but I will say these, uh-huh. I am a hardcore <laughs> Uh, but, but I will say that these particular ones I find very interesting, um, partially because the, the guy taking the pictures, I asked people to take a series of them. He took a series of photographs. And so you can see the progression of it. You can see that it's moving. It's kind of a strange color. There's sort of a weird aura around it in one of the pictures. Um, does it mean that it's paranormal? No. Is it an interesting picture? Series of pictures? Yes. Um, it's hard though. Anytime somebody takes pictures during our tour, again, we don't have control, complete control over that environment. There's multiple people down there. Other people could be taking pictures at the same time, could have flashes on, could be stirring up dust. It's underground. There could be bugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's generally when people show me photos of orbs, I can point to about five things that could have caused it in a specific picture just from looking at it. So orbs are not usually legit. Right. Is the moral yeah. of the story. Right. No, they're not. And, I and they're think, very hard to prove too. They are yes. 
excruciatingly hard to prove. So what's interesting about this ghost tour is that in that hallway where there were um, different shrines, there were some pictures on the wall of almost like mist like quote unquote entities that were taken there. Those pictures of them were taken um, in the forest of this uh, city park. Um, mm-hmm. City park is like this massive, huge park in the middle of new Orleans. You mean a park where there might be bugs. Yeah. Cause it's in freaking new Orleans in the middle of a damn swamp. <laughs> and it's 90 degrees with 80% humidity and Shocking. bugs are rampant. Bugs um, are rampant. And you're in the middle of nature. Again, uncontrolled environment, right? Uncontrolled. So yeah. um, anyway, the first time I saw those pictures, I was like, yeah, whatever. That's I doubt it. But like that's me also being a skeptic um, and someone who's an investigator. As investigators, we always question things. Oh, yeah. um, so our first one of the stops that we made uh, while we were in the the now we're in the the bus the van bus of the tours <laughs> um, driving with Stella who was a really insane driver and I was thinking like I a... would <laughs> become a ghost myself while on this bus. On this, it on sounds this bus. like a '90s film. Driving with Stella. <laughs> driving with Stella, thinking you're going to get murdered. Yep, straight truth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she pulled out Reese's pieces when we got there. And so we needed to leave an offering for the spirits. And I know that's a very like like, peanut butter. They like gifts and snacks and treats. And it's kind of like, I'm like, I like, it's like ET, right? He liked Reese's pieces. What if they have a nut allergy? Then you're just a dick. They're already dead. (laughs) But that doesn't mean they can't still have an adverse reaction to peanuts. What does an adverse reaction to peanuts look like as a ghost? Well, you die to the second degree. <laughs> they could go off on a whole tangent about that, but that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we had these uh, Reese's pieces, and she would throw them into like the bushes. Cool, great for rodents. Yeah, squirrels um, probably like. Yeah, and let's kill the animals with the chocolate because they're not supposed to eat it. Well, Reese's pieces <sighs> don't have chocolate. Oh, you're right. That's right. Never mind. They're okay. That's maybe that's why she chose it. <laughs> But anyway, so basically, she says, so what you're going to do is you're going to walk down this path and you're just going to take a bunch of pictures with your flash. And in the pictures, you will see orbs. And immediately I'm like, I roll. Oh, and and by orbs, do you mean bugs? Bugs. And so the best part was I was like, all right, this is bullshit. I'm going to get out my thermal camera because that's the only way I'm going to determine anything. And it's just going to help me find the animals that are going to come murder us in the middle of the forest at night. Right. So like Mm, mm. that's (laughs) that's where I was at. I was like, all right, this is going to be a fun little jaunt. Um, We have no flashlights. The only way we can see is by flash taking flash pictures, walking into a fucking forest in the middle of the night in one of the most high crime locations this in the is US. a good idea like they're legit trying to turn us into ghosts on a ghost tour that's what it's well, turning into you gotta get new ghosts somehow i mean right come on that's all the little orbs that we're seeing are the other people from other ghost tours that have come and been murdered in the forest <laughs> so does that mean you're a ghost right now it's possible <laughs> but hey man that's again another episode it was just really funny because i kept getting pictures and Everybody was showing Stella the pictures going, oh, did I get it? She's like, yeah, that's you got one. You got one. Oh, yeah, that's one. And I'm looking at Terrence, my boyfriend. I'm like, 
this is fucking ridiculous. They're bugs. These are all bugs. And I just started getting really annoyed. And so the couple that was like chill and cool and hanging out with us, I was like, you guys realize that those are bugs, right? Like, that's not a ghost. Just letting you guys know. <laughs> and Terrence is like, stop ruining it for everybody. And I'm Stopping like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy when it comes to goddamn orbs. No. Because yeah, me too. orbs are... First of all, the only time you can even really like say it's an orb is if it's a video and it's something that you can physically see like manifesting or maybe is sheer and is like flying in a weird way or like doesn't look like a flying bug or isn't like a dirt spot on a lens of a camera. Right. Like it's just kind of ridiculous. Anyway, so that was pretty nuts. We also ended up going to a cemetery, but it was one of the more modern cemeteries. So it was a little bit less exciting because it looked like any cemetery that you could probably visit in any city. And it was one where people were buried underground or if they were in crypts, they looked more like regular modern crypts. It wasn't like St. Louis cemetery number one, which I did go to at one point, but again, another time, another place. Right. We did go to Lafitte's, which was pretty cool. Um, it's the oldest bar in New Orleans mm-hmm. run by pirates in the back in the olden days at some point in time. Nice. We did go by the La Lurie mansion for like a split second, which was very anticlimactic, um, which I know, Kim, you're going to be talking about the La Lurie mansion in an upcoming episode. Uh, but it, it was a little anticlimactic. I'm not going to lie for what we paid what? for. The the tour or the mansion? The tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the mansion, you can't go in. The mansion, someone owns it. It's like their house. Yeah. You yeah, can't yeah, go inside yeah. of it. Um, I actually just found something else that I wanted to add because I thought that I couldn't find the rest of the letter that Zach wrote, and I found some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so sad. I, I have to read it to you. And also, it also identifies timing because I know we were talking earlier about timing. Right. Um, in the letter, he said, today is Monday October 16th, 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, October 5th. I okay. very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Oof. His note claimed that he had sex with a corpse um, and passed out drunk on the sofa next to her. Um, and the next day is when he uh, moved her to the bathroom and dismembered her with a handsaw and a knife. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So there was that. Also, the other part of the letter and said, I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock. This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one that I took. Every last one of these aspects I failed at, hence the 28 cigarette burns, one for each year of my existence. So he was only uh, 28 years old when he died. Jeez. But yeah, it's a really sad story about um, Zach and Addie. It really honestly yeah. also speaks to um the lack of mental health support that i think people have access mm. to yeah and definitely really i think that applies to lots of different cities it applies to our city in seattle for sure but i also think like especially in a city like new orleans that has such a high crime rate i wonder how much of that crime would be prevented if more of it was addressed yeah yeah so hmm. wait hold on i have more but wait, but wait, there's I more. more. Uh, I have more <laughs> of the letter. So the letter also said halfway through the task, I stopped and thought what I was doing. The, de- the decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you are now in, came after a while. I scared myself not only by the action of my calmly strangling 
the woman that I've loved for one and a half years, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've mm. known forever how horrible a person I am. Ask anyone. Wow. That's very wow. sad. Very, very huh. sad. The crime scene apparently was pretty brutal. Um, I know I mentioned what her body parts looked like, and they do talk about potential um, cannibalism, but again, I don't think that there's anything proving that. Well, I did see a note in an article uh, as I was just glancing at a couple things that said the autopsy showed no, his autopsy showed nothing in his stomach that oh, indicated okay. consuming human flesh. Well, that's, that's promising. <laughs> so uh, everything does seem to point to no cannibalism. Yeah. So there's that, I guess. Well, you know, um, at least it could have been worse, I guess is what we could say. But it's still pretty awful as it is. Um, yeah. And, you know, we wanted to also say that this is a, such a sad story. And it's it's something that we're not trying to, like, make light of in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, Especially with how recent it, it was. Right. Um, obviously, like, there's when I was in there and I experienced what I experienced, there was a lot of sadness and you could really feel just, it was like a very heavy, heavy feeling in the room um, when I was getting reactions and it just made everyone left feeling really sad. Right. So um, that energy is definitely still there. I also um, ended up getting a psychic reading in their seance room, which mm -hmm was a pretty cool experience too but you know just because we're ghost hunters and we know the the tricks of the trade doesn't mean that like uh bloody mary's tour was awful i still thought that they, we went to a cool a couple of cool spots we also went right. to um her house so i know i mentioned that her house was on uh, featured on um ghost adventures we right. went inside of it uh and actually got to check out her the shrine that she has so if you ever watch the ghost adventures episode where um, they all go into her house and check out the shrine. I was in there as well. And I have some photos we can also post to our Instagram of it. Very um, cool. I have some, a ton of photos that we'll be posting to the Instagram of all of the new Orleans experiences. And what's super cool is that it's all firsthand. So I took all of them. It's not stuff that I just like found that someone else took and <laughs> I'm crediting someone else. They're actually my photos. So nice. yeah. Um, it was a really, really rad experience, and I'm excited to talk about a couple other locations. We have a Patreon that we're starting, right, mm -hmm. Kim? Yes. So we'll be adding some episodes that can kind of give you a little bit more insight into locations that we're talking about, especially having to do with New Orleans and maybe mm -hmm. some additional stories of New Orleans haunted locations on the Patreon. So if you donate to our Patreon, um, it's going to be called Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us on there. And if you donate, you will have access to it. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Again, check out our Instagram at Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. Uh, we will be on Apple 
uh, Apple Podcasts soon. If we're not yet when you're listening to this, you can also <laughs> check us out on Transistor. Mm-hmm. Um, Transistor will have everything fully accessible all the time. Uh, we will also be on Spotify. So look for us on Spotify as well. Please leave us a rating and a review. We really appreciate any kind of insight that you have. If you have a location that you want us to discuss or have some insight you want to share with us, or maybe even a ghost story that you want us to read of yours, please message us on our Instagram and we can get back to you. But until then, stay spooky. (laughs) 